Well, Mr. Geary, are you ready? Here we are. We're back for a final podcast to talk about the future of improv. The future, 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 future. (laughs) Of improv. Improv. Kill or be killed. Killed, killed, killed. (laughs) The future of improv is our topic for this final episode. It's sort of an episode to end while looking forward to things that are going to come from now on. Yes. And by now, I guess this is like from, like, because we're recording in the past from when people are listening so some yes. of what we talk about might have already happened who knows yeah i mean we're and we're also talking from the middle of uh you know pandemic land as well so the the landscape is looks very different to us right now i was thinking about it this morning mm-hmm. how privileged we've all been to be able to freely travel and perform and and even just stand face to face with people <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> and, and improvise you know uh and how much we've absolutely taken for granted um, uh, up until this point, yeah, uh, and you know, in, in this uh, new germ-filled world, what what does improv look like? I mean, hopefully, we'll get back to some semblance of normality. You well, know? I mean, when people who are out there listening right now from the future, our future, uh, maybe it's like way worse or something. I'm hoping yes. it's not. I'm hoping things are getting better uh, with this pandemic going on and that the world's returned to normal. Uh, but if yeah, not, I guess. Like I in the mean, course of things, where we are uh, recording this with the intent to release this from about f- uh, about five weeks from now, so <laughs> it could be all better or all worse. Well, and, and based on how this COVID thing is happening, with like every every day is like a new yeah, it's like a whole crazy week has gone by or two weeks. So who knows what's going yeah. on? I hope it's. I yeah. hope everything's looking great for everyone who's. Listening. Uh yeah. Let's be optimistic. Let's. We've flattened the curve, uh, and uh, and and things are looking on the up. So. Yeah, and, and festivals are being rescheduled, and yeah, thing. Like yeah. my festival <laughs> will happen next year. <laughs> next year, I promise. <laughs> and uh, uh, the New Zealand Improv Festival, uh, a staple down here in the Southern Hemisphere for Australian New Zealand improvisers, uh, which normally happens in October, was just uh, postponed as oh. well for this year before anyone kind of got their hopes up or you know started trying to book things. Not that you can book a single thing at the moment, but uh, and I think it was a very good call to make um, before all of the work goes in to start organizing something that, that may not happen. They caught it. They kind of all got together at the very start of the process and said, Let's we don't think it's off. wise. Yeah. 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 So it's just safety. Uh, yeah. A very good call to make, I think, but very disappointing for all of us who have been there, you know, t- 10 out of the last 12 years and that, that sort of thing. It's, it's a staple where we all get to catch up and see each other. So I, but I already think they're looking at, uh, other, things like other um uh other ways that we can get together in october some sort of digital festival uh and who knows between now and then there may be you know some some custom software design for improv i know that there are smart people out there trying to do that right now mm-hmm. uh, smart improvisers trying to get um some you know actual improv software that's a little bit more uh, uh, suited to uh, watching and uh, streaming improv. So yeah. good luck to those smart, brave folks. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into it as we talk about the future of improv here. Yes, uh, indeed. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's start with uh, our personal futures because I think that's uh, I think that's a nice place to start. Like where yeah. where do you see yourself and improv going in the next? I don't know. Let's let's not go too long term for this. I guess we could go as long as you want, but like personally, you in the next couple of years, three, four, five years, uh, what are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to do? What are you? What, what's improv look like? 
I'm hoping to, if I can get the strength together uh, personally, uh, I'm hoping to, uh, you know, start a company of of peers um, to produce the work that I want to produce. So yeah. uh, I'm lucky that I get to work with a bunch of people who have formats that I love and and um, and I'm super happy to perform in. And every now and again, I get my own. Um, you know, bit up, up and running and stuff like that. But I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd love to to be uh, not necessarily in charge, but create a company, uh, a very small company uh, of of peers um, who I know I can rely on, who I know both on and off stage, who I know can can bring it as well. Uh, and I would like to to start really delving into kind of genre stuff as well, um, and uh, and and exploring form and style, um, and and I, I mean the the utopian goal is to try to get improv as theatre accepted here in Melbourne slash Australia a little bit more than it is in mm-hmm. terms of the the mainstream. I'd love to have a theatre going audience. Not a comedy necessarily, comedy or or, or improv going audience, but a theatre going audience wanting to come to see our shows, regardless of the fact that they're improvised. Yeah, that's that's the that's the dream, and I mean, uh, I mean, you know, the paper show. That's what I've been working towards for nine years now, and yeah. uh, and we're getting there. We're getting like we have uh, we have a pretty good theatre base audience, and I think actually as we go on, we're drawing more and more from our own kind of like improv world of people yeah. that we're building improvisers that understand and like what we do. So they're coming too. But, uh, but still my goal is always, yeah. Focusing on that theater audience. That's just regular people that want to see some theater. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and that's not to, uh, you know, spawn the, um, the improv world. Uh, I've just started in the last six months. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, I actually took a little break from improv mm-hmm. uh, for a little while because I was just feeling tired. I wasn't feeling inspired. Uh, and and not necessarily by the work I was seeing or doing, but just within myself. And so I took a, a, a little break and I've started over the last six months performing much more and more in comparison to the 12 months before that. And um, and I'm really enjoying working with lots of uh, lots of different groups in the community. So uh, coaching with different groups, performing with different groups, uh, attending different nights organized by different groups and stuff like that. And so and performing different types of sets at those things. So I'm finding myself out and about again uh, a lot, which is great. But uh, I think we all need to manage that manage our energy levels with improv every once in a while because we all kind of throw ourselves into them into it 100 percent uh all the time be it seasons or festivals or or, or things like that and uh occasionally uh, i see uh, and i have myself see people kind of burn out a little bit and so i think it's fine to take a breath and take a break and and come back kind of refreshed and and uh and with a new set of eyes and a and a, a kind of rethought out direction that you want to push for yeah. um because I felt like I'd plateaued a little bit I felt like I was doing a lot of the same sort of stuff I felt like I wasn't challenging myself so then the work itself that I was doing was becoming uninspiring to me and I guess others around me as well and I just needed to take a little break uh, away from it I completely, um, so when, I, I 100% support taking breaks from improv every now and then. Yeah. I, I, uh, for a long time I was in a cycle where I would go through different, like I'd go into music 
and then poetry and then storytelling mm-hmm. and then back to improv and then music and then and I get through this like loop of all these different things. Uh, yep. and I love it and I think it's a great approach to constantly be looking at other things, other forms that interest you, other art that interests you. Uh, so that you avoid that um, that improvising for improv people about improv in this very yes. improviness thing, and you get kind of in this improv world exclusively, and you forget that oh, there's other people, and there's other s- stories, and there's other art <laughs> that that yes. could inspire what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, and that is yeah that and that is something that I think once you get kind of i I see people trapped in that bubble as well mm-hmm. you know they 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 never kind of bounce out of that it is all improv all day all the time, and for some people that's going to be great and and that's going to be what fuels them uh again I'm not judging people who do that but uh i I have seen and I know for myself that people who take a step back when they need to come back refreshed and refocused, and it's 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 a really nice thing to do. Yeah, for sure. So having kind of being at the start of this refreshed and refocused cycle for me is a really exciting time. Um, the tour that was going to happen <laughs> was uh, was uh, going to be you know a springboard into trying to create some new links uh, as I was going to head over to you guys and then down the west coast of the US as well mm-hmm. uh, and and trying to create some new links with different companies to uh, to kind of bring back that bond and start to generate those ideas um, in terms of forming something for myself. So um, yeah, it's it's a day to day thing for me at the moment, uh, where the energy is there or or the energy is not. Um, but uh, and with uncertain times, it's 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 uh, you know I I'd love to in the future have a brick and mortar venue that people could come and see you know improv at. But at the moment, that's a, a pipe dream. <laughs> Seems impossible. <laughs> yeah, people going and, to the uh, same place together. No way. Never going to happen. Literally, just yesterday in my state here in Australia, which is Victoria, um, they uh, at midnight last night. Group gatherings of more than two people outside of the people you're isolating with are banned. Wow. So uh, you can go outside to get essentials. You can go outside to go to work if that's if your work yeah. isn't there. You can go outside to exercise. Wow. But you can't stop and chat with more than one other person. Uh, and you have to be, you know, three metres apart or, or six feet apart. Uh, and then, uh, and that's it. That's the wow. only thing that we're allowed to do at the it's moment. It's hard to do a show in that situation. Yes. yes. Mm, just me so, and you. I'm just talking to you, but I'm really entertaining. Yes. And, I'm being really and entertaining. No one, and no one in the audience. <laughs> yeah. It's like if just one person just walks down the street and claps, it's like, oh, a show just happened, I guess. Uh, wow. So, uh, yeah. So things, are, things just got really super strict here last night. Yeah, I'm, just, um, I'm expecting something similar here pretty soon in yeah. uh, Canada, at least BC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but I mean, yeah, ideally in a normal world, uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to say in five or six years from now that people are starting to think about, you know, improvised theatre, um, kind of like the stuff you do, kind of stuff the stuff Dan O'Connor does in mm-hmm. LA, yeah. um, you know, going to, to something with a, a set and with costumes and uh, and that kind of thing. Because there is a – while it happens seasonally here with different companies um, or different projects, it's not something that is consistent here. Um, so uh, I would like that to happen. 
Uh, sounds great. I, I, I 100% yeah. um, support this idea, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I had a student who moved to, uh, I won't say where, moved to another city and mm-hmm. uh, got there and, and uh, I went and visited uh, a few months later and we had coffee and they said to me, uh, uh, it was weird when I first moved here. I tried to find the company that was like Paper Street and there isn't one. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah. There aren't very many companies like Paper Street in the world, let alone yeah. in every city. Like, yeah, uh, it's a rare thing to find that kind of theatrical focused improv. Uh, but uh, future, my future. Let me tell you my future. Uh, yeah, I think do about it. this. I think about this a lot, and I think this is something I hope people listening to this podcast take away. That uh, as improvisers, we're always focused on improv in the present and being in the moment. But uh, as an artist, you know, thinking about what you want to do and what your goals are and and sort of self-reflecting, I think is really important. And I see a lot of people, I, I feel, get stuck just doing it because they've been doing it for so long. And they don't stop to question, do I like doing this? Should I be doing this? Is there something else I would rather do? Right? Like they don't, yeah. they don't reflect enough. And you just get kind of stuck in the cycle. Uh, which is why I think taking a break is a great idea. Um, but yeah, my future is, it's weird. It's an uncertain time for me. Cause like, uh, of course this is all going on, but, uh, and I, so I've had some moment to reflect more than normal, which is nice, but, mm-hmm. uh, paper streets getting into its 10th season this next year. So, so we're going to have our 10th season of a uh, completely improvised theater, which is, uh, very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to try and use it as an opportunity to like reach out to friends we've made over the past years and, and bring them in to, to help make the shows extra special. Uh, I won't spoil any of the details <laughs> teaser. Um, so that's really exciting. And so 10 feels like a really like milestone number. And I know yes. it's just kind of numbers or whatever. Uh, it's just a number, but it does feel like, okay, so what's next for the next 10 years? And that's kind of the, the, the place my mind has been thinking about what's next for the next 10 years of paper street. What's next for the next 10 years of me? What am I going to do? Uh, and like, what's the next chapter of my improv life going to be about? Uh, and so I think, uh, I'll definitely continue running paper street the way I am. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, what's one of my goals, and it's I've achieved it to have Paper yeah. Street running pretty much exactly as it is. This is kind of what I want. Uh, yeah. Small runs of like intimate 50 seat shows of really kind of um, sometimes beautiful, sometimes artsy, sometimes funny theater. That that's like for a very uh, intimate, exclusive, uh, not not disposable like tissue paper, but uh, rare and unique like Haley's Comet, you know, like you only get to see yep. it once kind of theater. That's what, and that's, I feel like I'm doing that. And uh, every show I'm pushing myself. So I'm, I'm, I feel like that goal has been achieved. So now I'm starting to think of like bigger projects for me and for my future. And I don't have a perfect answer yet, but I think it's going to mm-hmm. have something more to do with, uh, with, with bringing improv into other places in people's lives and other places in the world. Uh, to bring some yes and and some joyful, playful, creative energy into other places. So I think that's what I'm kind of looking toward. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a very clear answer, but I gave no, a, no, I, I used a lot of words. Yeah, I think it, no, I think it's perfect. Like I, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, long term is that kind of blue sky stuff anyway. You know, it's 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 the dream. Um, I mean, personally, if I think about it as from an improviser point of view, I, I want to, uh, uh, in the future, make sure I manage myself to stay inspired, mm-hmm. to stay 
uh, engaged um, and and connected, uh, and so that that for me is about different kind of different kind of energies. Uh, making sure I'm I'm committing to different sort of shows. Making sure uh, I'm reaching backwards as far as I'm reaching forwards. And what I mean by that is is helping people along um, and not just kind of uh, so so working with newer improvisers in creating their forms or um, or in helping them kind of uh, break free of, of the structures or, or limits they've put on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's uh, uh, an obligation really on on kind of senior improvisers in communities to help do that. And it's not necessarily, you know, you, you you kind of giving everyone a boost all the time, but you're just you're just there to to help. So I'm constantly reaching out when I'm seeing on forums to people now, uh, saying, oh, "Hey, I'm going to try to get this up," or I'm looking at my first working my first format. Um, does anyone want to come help work it out? And I'll often say, "Yeah, I'm on board." Um, and to to that, they'll often reply, "Oh my." Oh my gosh! Really? Okay. Um, or they'll be super stoked, or you know. And so I've been having a great time doing that, and just just going there and not necessarily n- nudging things through rehearsals, not necessarily pushing, but just being able to support with a bit more experience. And um, uh, and 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 it's not a not me sitting there with my arms crossed and my hand on my chin going, really? Are you sure you're going to do that? It's going, what do you want me to do? Let's give it a whirl, you know, and and see how it goes. And and I think that's real important as well for me uh, in terms of keeping those levels up. And so, and the difference between, I think, that and past improviser Jason is, I felt like I had to spin those plates when I was uh, – both AD of a company and and a more kind of engaged with particular uh, companies. I had to be the person providing that momentum, and and in my absence, uh, that momentum has provided itself. And so now I, I realise that I don't have to be the one pushing and providing that momentum. I can just support its process as much as I can. And that was a shift for me as much as it was for, for you know, other people's processes. Is it making any sort of sense? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think you summed it up in the word senior. You're a senior improviser yeah. now. You're old. You're an old man. Yeah, I'm an old guy. Yeah, so you got to do what old, years old. Old, old improvisers do, uh, yeah. which is uh, help the young improvisers. Yeah. Shepherd and, and try I, not to be a grumpy old man, but be a supportive sort of uh, eccentric old man that everyone's like, oh, that's Jason. He's, he's, he's always ready to help. Just ask him. Yeah. And I felt like the energies that uh, I was getting to, it felt, it started to feel like a burden. And I was getting into that grumpy old improviser space, which is why I needed to take time off and, and fall back in love with it and, and reapproach it with kind of fresh eyes and, and different energies. And a lot of that started with me just improvising again for me mm-hmm. rather than for for uh, you know other people or running companies or or things like that so now that that energy is refocused and uh, and I'm finding joy in working uh, right across the spectrum again yeah. uh, then I, I I think that's uh, an important thing for me to manage I think that's another thing uh, which I, I touched on earlier about why are you doing this just checking in with yourself about why are you doing improv? Uh, yeah. But also checking with yourself about like, what kind of improv do I want to do? Yeah, because I think I think uh, when looking to uh, 
my future, it was like uh, the moment the light bulb went off for me. I was I was working with uh, who, who the man who gets mentioned on this podcast more than anyone else, Randy Dixon, <laughs> yes. uh, in Berlin. When I first had the like in- instinct of like this is what I'm going to take back and turn into Paper Street. Uh, so like that was nine years ago, I guess, or yeah. ten years ago. Um, and it with the light bulb just kind of went off with like this is the kind of improv I want to do. Like I yeah. found it. And instead of like all the other improv I was doing, I was like, I was doing it. I liked it. Uh, I had inklings and stories when I was in like, when I was like 18, 19 years old, even about like, why can't improv be like theater? Right. Like I'm sure every improviser has thought that at some point. And so it yeah. was there. And then this, this working with Randy just kind of kindled this flame that I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and I found the kind of improv that I wanted to do. And I think it's very easy to get swept up in the improv that's happening around you. Or the improv yes. you're you're hearing in podcasts from 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 places like you know New York and L.A. or mm-hmm. things that you're hearing about from the from from the the greatest theaters that have all these celebrity alumni, uh, and you get swept up into thinking that's what I need to do to do improv instead of mm-hmm. going like no 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 what do you want to do with your future with like wh- where you're going to take improv and go there. Yeah, and I think that's if people can have that self-reflection as a, a younger improvisers as well uh, or newer improvisers as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's going to, it's going to be uh, so beneficial for the scene as well, because people are going to be working on stuff they're impassioned about. And, uh, and again, not to say you can't be impassioned about all of those forms that come from, no, from course, the major yeah. theaters or, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's always wonderful when I see improvisers who are, reared i guess on a certain style be it be it theater sports or be it heralds and and that kind of thing once they kind of reach a point where they start to stick their head outside the bubble that they were reading going hey man what else is out there and i'm always there waving my hand going hi nice to see you let's let's play you know um so that's really nice when when people kind of allow themselves to take to burst the bubble that they've put themselves in. Um, and sometimes it's just comfort versus, um, you know, comfort versus experience. And, and once you get to a certain level where you're comfortable with your skills and you find yourself craving more, that's when you come out of that, that kind of mm-hmm. breeding ground of, of whatever you're, you've been raised in or whatever style you've been raised in. And I guess that happened for me as well. But uh, I really love that moment where you see an improviser's head pop up for the first time outside of their kind of inclusive little circles. And uh, and more and more that's happening in Melbourne as well, uh, which is just fantastic. Um, and uh, And so there's different people to work with. There's different avenues to explore, different energies, different experiences, different styles – all kind of clashing together to make you know something u- new and unique, uh, and that's what I'm uh, really enjoying at the moment yeah. uh, with the, uh, a lot of my play. The more people start doing that, the more the audiences see all the different improv that's out there, and are yes. educated themselves about the kind of improv that's out there, and like uh, like then like because I, I get after Paper Street shows, people come to me and say, I would go see more improv if more improv was like that. Yeah. Right. And I go, oh, great. Nice. Well, this is what we do. So there's, we do more of it. So come back to our shows. Sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, I think improv, uh, I would love it if people did follow that. Uh, I'm going to say it. If they followed their bliss and found mm-hmm. their own style of improv that fits them and does what they want to do, audiences will get to a point where when then, when their friend says, I'm going to see an improv show, they'll say, what kind of improv show? 
Yeah. And that would be like, to me, that would be, that's like, we've made it. Yeah. We've done it. We've, we've, we've transcended this place where improv is looked at as like a, 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 a shitty cousin of theater. Uh, and like, oh yeah, that's improv. Uh, and to a place where now it is its own art form and it has its own styles. You know, there are different kinds of jazz music, right? Uh, yeah. And, and people know that whether they know it or not, they know that it exists. Um, and so with improv theater, there's different styles of improvised theater. And I would love it to get to a point where audiences were as educated as improvisers were or improvisers were as educated as all improvisers were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine the uh, set four, four series version of uh, hip hop evolution for improv. I mean, yeah, wouldn't that exactly. be amazing? That'd be like all West Coast, East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down Yo, south. you call that a herald? That ain't a herald, motherfucker. Yeah, Biggie shot Del Close. Uh, okay, um, so first. <laughs> so uh, let's let's jump into the future a little with improv in general. We're kind of touching on it, but uh, but I want to go. I want to go like five years or so into the future. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do near future because of this whole uh, uh, um, coronavirus situation. That's just like yep. I, I have no idea what's going to happen in like a week, let alone six months, let alone a year. But I think if we go yep. five years, we can we can see. Uh, the coronavirus has been cleared up or, or dealt with. Let's be optimistic about it. Yes. And, uh, and near future, because I think I think one thing uh, about festivals, especially, because you and I have basically lived through what I think is like the golden age of improv festivals. Like yes. we lived through the ten or fifteen years where improv festivals kind of exploded in like really cool and artistic and f- like first time improvisers have ever been getting together like this other than like mm-hmm. uh because like there was that time when it was only theater sports competitions was the only reason improvisers would ever see each other yeah and now festivals where we're working together and we're collaborating and we're bringing our different shows and showing them to each other and it's this like it's been this really magical t- 15 maybe even 20 years uh of of, yep. of festivals i think i went to my first international festival 20 years ago Maybe, maybe uh, mine was or 18 or 19 years ago. 2004, I believe, was mine. It was Berlin with uh, the Gorillas as well. Uh, yeah, and Randy was there. And uh, was that six, maybe six for me? You four? Because you weren't at that one. I wasn't at that one. I'm trying to think. We must have just I think it was 2004, 2006. I'm not sure which Maybe one I was exactly. there for 2005. <laughs> or 2003 it was one of the right. it was earlier on than because i was i was young and with instant theater and we went uh, i should look up the same but it was that was my first festival was the berlin well yeah. my first international festival was the berlin so i went from berlin to uh, uh to stay with in libby and play with the english lovers there mm-hmm. uh in vienna and then uh went to leuven for a a festival there which uh, Randy and uh, Susie and Tony were at as well, oh, great. Uh, which was amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, that, and that was with Impro Melbourne, and that was my first time. In fact, last last night I made a currywurst at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a craving for currywurst because uh, I remembered it's a, a, a for those who don't know what it is, it's a it's a street food, I guess, of Berlin um, or Germany. <laughs> it's it's basically sausage on on fries with uh, like an incredibly intense curry sauce 
on top, a little <laughs> bit spicy. And I just had a craving for it. So I looked up the uh, ingredients. We happen to have all of the ingredients in the cupboard last night. So oh, I gosh. made curry west for dinner and it was amazing. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, so like, <laughs> anyway. But, but, but the Berlin International Festival, I think, is, is uh, yeah, the De Gorillas Festival is one of the, was like one of the first big mega house mega house blockbuster improv festivals um and that kind of led to this whole string of them now launching everywhere uh so yeah so now now we're at this point where there's so many festivals that one of the questions i get from improvisers is how do i go to festivals yes uh which is like because because they're that um they're that much a part of the of the world of improv now uh where when i was starting out it was like there were only like 10 of them yeah maybe maybe more but i only knew of like 10 of them uh and so like uh we lived through this golden age of festivals and now we're kind of in this like festival like i don't know if it's peak festival but it's like very saturated festivals every city seems to have one now yes so where do you think the future of festivals is going to be in like five years and how's that going to affect improv is it or is, is it going to all collapse is it going to just keep growing like what do you what do you think I mean, my experience of festivals have has been an interesting arc for me personally because it's gone from very small, intimate festivals. If I take the New Zealand Improv Festival as an example, sure, yeah. we were talking about it before. The first time I went to the NZIF, it was the second year in operation and I was literally the only guest teacher there uh, <laughs> and uh, and there were, you know, uh, maybe 30 people at the festival uh, and uh, and you know we did a couple of nights of performance and a, and a few days of workshops and and that was it. Cut to last year's festival uh, and and the New Zealand Open Festival is something that is so very well managed and curated and and um, there have been festivals that that have not been that I've attended as well. Uh, but the NZIF is one that is amazingly run and organised. So the festival as of last year. Uh, was um, a week and a half long. Uh, it had a youth program uh, separate to the main festival, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, which ran performances and workshops for uh, youth as well for five of those uh, 14 days. Uh, then the rest of those 14 days were largely um, a workshop in the morning and in the afternoon by different um, different presenters, different uh, workshop coordinators and improvisers. So uh, probably a selection of, you know, 30 different workshops to choose from. Some of those workshops led to opportunities to perform in a format, um, somewhere like format education and, and rehearsal. Some were just on, on the craft themselves. Um, and then performances in two theatres every night as well. Wow. Uh, and so it has been uh, uh, amazingly uh, run and organised. And and uh, when I get to festivals in two theatres, there's always a hard choice of what you want to go see in that evening yeah. or or, or you, you, you get invited to perform in a couple of different things and they happen to fall on the same night. You're like, no. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to – to feel that because the community of something like the NZIF, a lot of the same people go every year. There are, of course, new people as well. Um, so there's this spirit of, of, of uh, kind of people getting back together and, uh, and stuff like that. So, but it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, I think it's really important for an improviser to not 
to go in open to what it's going to be this time and not try to hold on to what it what was it was last, last time because yeah. uh, I think a lot of uh, festivals that I've returned to have people have been guilty of that myself included at some points where you go well it wasn't like this last time or last uh, year you know, was or, better or, yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, and and rather than just giving yourself over to the experience uh, this time round, uh, so I think a lot of the festivals that I started out going to have grown to really big. And then I'd go to festivals like the last international one I went to was uh, Barcelona, the big if over there. Mm. Uh, and it was a huge festival. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, many different workshops during the day, only one performance venue at night, uh, but people from all over. And one thing that is hard, I think, for a lot of people who might be listening to this around the world to realise is Australia is so far from everything. And I sit here bitterly jealous that all my European improv friends can jump on a plane for two hours or my North American, uh, you know, improvisers uh, and Canadian improvisers can jump on a plane for a few hours and get to other festivals. Uh, For me to go casually from festival to festival is a huge both (laughs) financial and time commitment uh as well so there are festivals around uh australia that that kick on in new zealand which is kind of as close as you're gonna get here uh but uh, i i sit here bitterly jealous that there are so many festivals happening almost every weekend of the calendar really yeah you could just do uh, nothing but improv festivals if you want yeah Yeah, and, and tour around, and maybe in the future I'll take a year to do that. You know, I'll just say, uh, you know, I'm going to be in Europe for this six months and uh, and and tour around from festival to festival. Um, Something people at the moment don't really know, though. Uh, maybe some of them don't know. Maybe some of them know all too well. It's not a great way to make a living going from festival yes. to festival. It's a, it's a great way to travel, yeah. but it's not a great yeah. Way it's to a great way to so. see things. Yeah, and don't, don't. Uh, but and. and You've still got to send a bit of money home and and pay your rent. Uh, But essentially, you're socializing every night or, you know, getting from point A to point B. Yeah. So (laughs) so do you see the the future um, of festivals? So here's here's my take on it uh, as I'm I'm thinking about this and formulating it right now. Uh, I think there's two outcomes that it could go into. And I'm optimistic and I think it's going to go the way that I'd like it to go. Uh, yep. the, the one way is that each festival individually just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until there's like nothing but these gigantic festivals that are very, um, uh, I'll say impersonal, uh, where you go and you don't even get to meet everybody who's there cause they're just yep. so big, uh, and they're just all over the place. Uh, and I don't think that is what's going to happen. I think what's mm-hmm. going to happen, this is my optimistic take is that, uh, some festivals will remain humongous and gigantic because they, they work that way and the city works that way. Uh, and the, the, they're in a central location or something uh, that, mm-hmm. that it just works out to be so big. But I think a lot of people are going to find their own ways to do uh, smaller, more focused festivals that yes. focus on on one specific thing or their specific thing or yep. uh, and, and and go in that direction with it. Like I think one like with my festival, that's what I have been doing for the last five years of it. I've just been mm-hmm. sort of doing whatever I'm thinking about doing. It's small. I don't make a lot of money. I don't make a big international splash with it. It's just like yep. a, a little festival for my community and me and whoever I want to bring in to play with. Uh, and so yep. that's sort of what I've been focusing on. Uh, because I don't need to do a big festival. 
and I intentionally called my festival the Paper Street Theater Improv Festival and not the Victoria Improv Festival because I didn't yep. want to be thought of as that kind of improv festival where everyone applies yep. and comes and because Vancouver is like right next door. It's like a yep. uh, it's like a two and a half hour boat ride from here, uh, and they have one of those gigantic festivals, so I don't need to do one. That would just be a waste yep. of resources, a waste of time. Uh, 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 just too much of the same thing. So Vancouver's doing that. I'm going to do my little thing. And I hope that's what starts cropping up more and more around. And I think there yeah. are places like um, that are doing very different kinds of festivals uh, that, are, that are already starting to creep up. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that that's the trend that it goes in. And I think in the next five years, I think that's where it's, it's going to have to go. Uh, yeah. If it goes anywhere, if we're not all just done now. Yeah, I imagine that uh, those bigger festivals, just just being at them and feeling the vibe on on days, not every day, but I imagine those bigger bigger festivals that that just keep getting bigger are going to spawn fringe festivals. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. exactly. So you'll have the you know the blank improv fringe festival <laughs> yes. that's happening uh, right next door to the actual festival. <laughs> the like the the. The Vancouver Umprov Festival, which is just a little festival of weird improv that happens all around. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be pretty funny. Uh, but I think I think that's the way that I, I think it's going to go. I, I think it. I would like to see it go, and uh, I I, uh, I think it'd be beneficial for the community because the big festivals mm. are so great. Uh, but yeah. we can only how many of those can we really maintain? I think as a community, yeah. like. It's just, I mean, how, like, Joe Bill only can be in so many places at once. Like, he's got... <laughs> at the same time. You know, same he wants Patty to... Patty Styles can only be around at so yeah. many places at once. Jill Bernard wants to sleep in her own bed sometimes. Like, she can't <laughs> just be on the road. Like, there's only so many um, people that we can sustain these festivals with. So, I think it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to spawn these little baby festivals. Yeah. Baby festivals is a weird way to put it. Off it sh- is. Specific, unique, shoots. quirky festivals. Unique. Unique festivals. I think a great example <laughs> is the uh, Remy Festival in Amsterdam, which is a uh, solo improv festival that I was just at recently, uh, and uh-huh. very different kind of feel to any other kind of improv festival, uh, and very cool. Uh, and then another one um, that they do at the huge, huge theater, the Twin Cities, um, uh, which is speaking of Jill Bernard, uh, the Black and Funny Festival, which is uh, focused on like uh, black improvisers from uh, North America. Amazing. Uh, uh, which is super cool. And I think those kind of festivals are, are the kind of festivals that we want to see, that I want to see cropping up more and more that are like, yeah, let's get, let's no, we're going to focus. We're going to focus this festival. It's not just about improv. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about before is, is, you know, the, the sub genres of improv or people understanding that it's not just an umbrella term and, and it's by being able to, to, uh, give validity to one of those particular options or subject, uh, subgenres or something that you're particularly impassioned about and create a festival about that is absolutely amazing and it will attract the people who are interested in that type of improv. Um, you've just got to get the word out. And with the networks that we have now, um, uh, both on Facebook, there's a, a lots of international groups on Facebook. There's a couple of... Uh, uh, groups, I think there's the Traveling Improvisers Network and things mm-hmm. like that where where uh, you see things pop up like I'll be in this area or, or hey, I've got this small festival running or this major festival. Um, but yeah, once you are impassioned about something, there's no reason to 
uh, run uh, uh, not run a festival like that if you have the time and resources <laughs> yeah, to get is... to dedicate to it. Because that's uh, I wouldn't I'd be lying if I said I hadn't thought about that in the last six months as well. Rather than trying to start a company, do I try to start a unique festival here in Melbourne? Um, I'm not aligned with any of the companies here, but I could find spaces, you know, with, within them. Um, and do I do I produce something like that because I'm uh, privileged and, and lucky enough to be well connected and and um, and know about a bunch of uh, amazing improvisers from from all over. Um, and so, uh, you know, is is that something where I can put this newfound kind of focus and energy? That's coming. Uh, my dream, I guess, would be, uh, I don't know if this is a five five year, and I guess it kind of piggybacks onto what I was saying before. But Is it like 10 I years, love, 20 years, 30 years? Look, 20, 10, 20 years, it, it'd be great if it could happen sooner, but my dream would be able to, like our major theatres here is like Melbourne Theatre Company have, you know, they have their own venue and stuff like that, and they have a 1,000-seat venues and all that sort of stuff, but they also have little black box blocks and um annexes uh, in part of their main complexes and stuff like that. And my dream would be for one of those to become a dedicated improv theatre. You know what I mean? So people can turn up to a, air quotes, legitimate theatre venue, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, something down, you know, smack in the government-funded, very rich arts precinct, (laughs) and and it be... And it'd be, you know, under the auspice of MTC's improv theatre or, you know, something like that. And so uh, so it becomes, uh, right now, it, getting into those venues, just, you know, you can hire them, but it's the cost is prohibitive and, 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 and the venues aren't really getting behind you doing shows there. They just want you to hire their room. Uh, my dream would be that, you know, there's in the... Melbourne Theatre Company office or in the Arts Victoria office, there's an improv desk, mm. you know, and it it becomes <laughs> something that has a stream of funding from from the in, you know the arts uh, auspices and 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 things like that, which it doesn't exclusively have its own stream of funding right now. It uh, you know it it has to compete with uh, regular, I guess, scripted theatre, which is a lot easier to get funded because you have scripts, you have workshop, um, you know, uh, rehearsal processes that you can put applications into fund and and people who are looking over those particular documents can see concretely what's going to happen and what the end product is going to be. Um, But to try to get rid of that that bias, I guess, against uh, improv theatre within the theatre world, that's where I'd love to see things at here where yeah. improv is considered a legitimate form of theater which as it stands here in in melbourne australia it, it does not you well, will struggle to get any sort of funding here optimistically i think you're waiting for about mm, 50 60 years now yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe 100 uh yeah cool. uh so five ten years uh that's that's a pretty good pretty that's good, a, uh, yeah pretty good goal uh so let's I'm go i'm gonna go on a hunger strike right out front of their building yeah let's let's go let's go more into um uh like okay weird question yeah vr and yes improv. so let's go t- more into the future now because mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, i think one thing this this uh, covid19 thing is showing this that people are still trying to improvise using current technologies and like you said earlier it's not quite 
there yet. I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, maybe by the time this comes out, people have like mastered it, um, mm-hmm. which would be uh, cool to see. But uh, let's go further into the future. Let's get into virtual reality. So I think VR is somewhere where, where improv could could actually happen in different spaces because yes. it's like we're all in the same space. Uh, do you mm-hmm. think that would work? Do you think it would still feel um, less uh, immediate, less less like like because one of the things I I think is so valuable about improvisation is that you have to be there, right? Like yes. you had to be there to see that. You, let me tell you the joke. And then people are like, I don't understand. It's like, because you had to be there. Like, there's so much happening yep. in the room when that happened. That's what made it so perfect. Uh, and so when we moved things online or streaming or from video, it, you're not there. So you don't get that same, you had to be there type thing. Yeah. Uh, and and the improvisers don't get that same, like, when the audience snickered at that one moment, that inspired my whole next monologue, right? Like, you don't get that yep. when the audience isn't there. But with VR, we could in theory have the whole audience there in a room yeah, and, and our vr looking we around and seeing each other yeah and we could see them and they could see us and that would would that do it like what do you think what do you think about improv and technology i i think improv and technology there's got to be room for it in there at some point you know they, it, it's got to be so there's there will come a point where the people are living in that kind of virtual reality because they can't go outside because they'll breathe a thing in and die yeah. you know improv on mars <laughs> improv on mars yeah. are they gonna do it? yeah of course. Do it? yeah um but but it'll uh, it, i think yeah so i think there will come a point where it's fine now i don't know uh having used vr a little bit myself it, it'd have to be that that people are dialed in live so they're watching you live and you can somehow they're mic'd and you can somehow get their input as well yeah. Um, so you can feel that that or, or hear that, um, and uh, I mean part of part of performing in front of an audience, as as most would know, uh, listening to this is that you get that even the in the silence, there's a gift of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an electricity, attention. You can feel you know people move or, or shuffle or sit forward or or things like that. And so, as a performer, I guess we'd have to get used to reading different signals. Um, so if it was live, I guess, um, I guess we could enjoy it, uh, both as performers and audience. Then there's the other option that we, you and I do a show, record it, and people can just download it to their VR headset and enjoy it whenever they want. Yeah. And so we have to find different ways to satisfy ourselves or, or, or work with it and, and trust that the work is good enough to put out there uh, to have people enjoy at their leisure and hope that them slipping on a, a headset mask is enough of them to... Because I know often watching improv on a screen, pre-recorded improv, just doesn't translate. Um, yeah. it's, it's really hard. So if someone puts on a VR headset and sees something that is indeed pre-recorded, but they're still experiencing it in... In a, you know, in, in a virtual reality volume and, maybe and it in works. the physical space, yeah, maybe yeah. it works. Or is it just like watching a stand-up special? You know, yeah, I think I think this is this is something where where I'm actually it makes me really happy that mm-hmm. about our art form is that it feels to me that that people getting into a little room to watch people on stage make stuff up is kind of like future proof. Like you can't, you'll never get rid of it because if you yeah. put it into VR which I'm sure is going to happen. Uh, you're now like, 
the, 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 just the fact that like the audience can't see each other as well, or like you can't lean over and whisper to the person next to you while watching the show and people aren't yeah. eating chips, uh, and like having those crunchy, like, uh, like, like, like weird, like audience sounds and no one gets up to go to the yeah. bathroom and interrupts everything. Like all those little things that make an improv audience feel like they're yeah. there, like an audience being present. Um, the, the temperature in the room that we're all feeling together at the same time yes. as it gets hotter throughout the show. Cause the air conditioning doesn't work in this shitty theater, like all yeah. those things that make us all connected in that moment. You cannot replicate that yet. Maybe VR will get to a point where it's yeah. like you put on this headset and it's like, whoop, it's like you're in the and room. You're in a, and yeah, you're, you're wearing in a, a suit. Spielberg movie. You're yeah. wearing a suit and you feel the, everyone feels the same things as, as, yeah. as everybody else does. Uh, but still then even like you're, you're not getting the real trucks driving by uh, outside yeah. the, the, those, those, in, those things that happen when we're present uh, and you're getting this like perfectly curated theater like whoa what a beautiful theater we're performing in in this virtual yes, reality yeah. world look around <laughs> you and there's like Italian opera spaces around yeah, us yeah. it's like normal we used to do these crammed into the back of restaurants well, with like a, with a curtain and then eventually into like 50 seat black boxes that had like yeah. only four working lights and a dimmer that would just <laughs> Just crap out once in a while uh and that's where improv came from and now we're like in, we're in the sydney opera house <laughs> hello yes. welcome to the sydney opera Hi. house for this one person improv show uh so i think you I know think what's gonna happen about that is that is irreplaceable because yeah. of the fact that the whole point of the art form is that what's happening right now is what we're experiencing yeah. And as soon as what you take happen? that away, it just becomes either sketch comedy or it becomes uh, just pl- a theater yeah. or it becomes a stand-up comedy. It becomes something totally different, right? Yeah. And the way you experience it comes different. So what's going to happen is while everyone's in suits watching their improv uh, <laughs> at the Sydney Opera House in VR, there's going to be 50 people in the back of a pickup truck uh, somewhere, like a, a, a semi-trailer. Yeah. That's, Upturned on the side of the road, going, "Can I get an offer?" Like, and, <laughs> that's that's and taking a risk, <laughs> yeah, and, and going out and trying to do this, uh, you know, uh, apocalyptic improv because yeah. you're never going to stop it. Like, there's always going to be those people who are going to crave that small, small connection, and and you know, and a group of twelve people is enough. You it's know? what makes it work. It's what makes it work. Yeah. Is, 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 well, I think anyway. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to this, like. Uh, when I, when I, 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 I don't film improv shows. I just don't, mm-hmm. I just don't do it. I, yeah. I, 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 I put my foot down, not even for like archival reasons. I'm like, no, yeah, Mm-mm. I don't, I yeah. don't film them. Uh, and when I apply for festivals and they ask me for films, <laughs> I, I sometimes just write them this, this paragraph about why I don't film improv shows. <laughs> <laughs> and send them this essay uh as yeah. an explanation and it usually does okay uh yeah. but uh but yeah I, I just i just don't i just think it takes away the the actual the the, the art the art of what we do yeah and i think that's we, one, uh, that, that makes me happy and makes me optimistic about the future of improv that we cannot replicate it through machines and and like like through zoom calls and stuff it's just not mm-hmm. it's not the same 
Yeah, it it can become something different and new, and, sure. and it can evolve into something else. But it, but I think you're right. I think it's it, it's not the same, and that's again not to not to slag off the new stuff that is go, that is going to evolve out of out of technology. We mm-hmm. just have to get used to the way that we consume it. Yeah. But I, uh, oh yeah, I was going to say. Um, in regards to filming improv, uh, quite often in corporate, going back to our last podcast, they will say, "Can we film the event for people who are not here?" Um, and and I we we say no, pretty yeah, much no, because it, it we yeah, and because it just doesn't quite translate. They're going to receive it secondhand. They're not going to be in the room. They're not going to experience the whole thing. They're just going to be sitting in a dark corner watching it on a monitor or yeah. you know on their laptop because they've been sent a link or something like that and that's not that's not the way to experience. That's not the way this product is designed. Otherwise, we would shoot it ourselves and sell you this video yeah. uh, rather than come out to your place and perform. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I believe it doesn't translate that well. I mean, things like whose line and stuff like that have their own uh, their own language, I guess, in their own visual language, and and people are used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and seeing improv in that kind of context and stuff like that. But generally, it's it's really hard to translate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think a live audience is is required. Yeah, so and, I guess VR is if we can make it so you are experiencing it in the moment, we get that both ways of communication going on. Yeah, basically, if, perhaps if, if it's an improv show and me laughing has no effect on what happens in the show, yeah. then this is I don't I don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, okay. Anything else about the future? Like, do you think there's going to be other ways that we're going to find uh, that improv is going to change or evolve? Like, I think I think you're right that that um, very VR and, and Zoom calls and stuff is going to change improv into something else, or something else is going to evolve out of it. That's that's like uh, uh, related to improvising. Um, yeah. But do you see any other any other places you think improv is going to evolve with the way the world is going? Well, we're starting to see it a little bit in visual media as well. Um, like there are bigger shows, network shows that are improvised uh, around structures now. Stuff like Curb, um, mm-hmm. some stuff on Funny or Die is is you know largely improvised around a structure. And I would love to see that more. I would love to to see to know that the skills of the performers are, are what's earning the jokes in those. In those mm-hmm. things are, are the things that I really adore about something like Kirby Enthusiasm. Of course, the structure and the conversation is is a you know it's a three page document and there's ideas for jokes in there, but generally, it's the performers in the moment earning earning the laughs. Yeah. Um, and 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 something that I see when I watch something like Kirby is people enjoying each other on the screen. So they're not necessarily acting. They are acting, of course, and playing characters, but you're seeing them enjoy the interaction. You're seeing them in the moment come up with stuff. You're seeing them kind of, that uh, that kind of honesty there. And I would love to see more of that kind of stuff as well. Mm. Uh, Experimented with, toyed with, um, and, and, and again, oxygen given to that in on you know network uh, TV, so you know different improvised sitcoms, improvised dramas, that sort of stuff, where you have those structures there, or you just improvise off where you left off the last time and and see where it happens. But so the visual language is that of a TV show, not 
we're pointing a camera at a stage, um, but but you are improvising as, as much as you are, um, you know, producing. So you still edit all that sort of stuff, go through that. It's not just point three cameras at a stage and go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's come up with a product, but yeah, I'd love to see that find some more space as well because when it's done well. Like anything, really, when it's done well, it's amazing. When it's not done well, you kind of cringe and go, I hope that doesn't ruin it for everyone else. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, so I'd like to see more, some more space for that kind of stuff as well because yeah. I really enjoy it when I know it's improvised yeah. uh, on the screen. And I guess there is a lot of things that are already – we can see the beginnings of it now. Like I think podcasting just as a medium is is mm-hmm. lends itself to – a more improvised style of conversation than talk radio does. So like this conversation we're having right now, we didn't pre-plan this conversation. Uh, We didn't go through what we're going to say. And, uh, and the, um, and the edit afterwards is going to be pretty much what we said now with some of the ums (laughs) and ahs taken out and a few of the little, little mishaps with mics and stuff taken out. The conversation's just going to live as it is. Uh, and I think you see that with a lot of podcasting. I think um, Instagram stories and things like that in the world of social media uh, and mm-hmm. Snapchatting things, these sort of like impermanent video pieces TikToks. that people are sending each other and TikToks. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the, I think Snapchat has that impermanent aspect that, that kind of like lends itself to improv where it's like, mm-hmm. here's a video, I'm sending it to these people that follow me and then it's gone. And yep. there's, there's, there's some of that there. So I think social, social media might be leaning itself more towards an improv place one day. I don't know what that's going to mm-hmm. look like, but you know, things like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think, uh, I think we're pretty safe that getting in a room with some people and making some stuff up will always be happening. I think so. Yeah. Regardless of, and, and as soon as, you know, as soon as any sort of restriction gets lifted here, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to start happening. Like people are going to run outside yeah. and, and, and it's, it's in times like this, as I said at the very start that you realize how much privilege and how much we take for granted mm-hmm. in what we do and, and what, uh, and, and, and who we are, you know, uh, and, and the privilege that we have that people can come and watch us, um, and, and, uh, safe enough to do it and healthy enough to do it. And so it's that connection that, that makes our theater. Uh, and when that connection is gone, we have to find new ways, not necessarily of, of improvising, but new ways of forming that connection, I think, is is the real trick of what we're trying to get to. Rather than how do we improvise, it's how do we forge that connection over mm-hmm. the new technologies and keep it alive both ways. Yeah, uh, which is of course why uh, in in uh, in in uh, which is why uh, after canceling my festival, we put this little conversation series together. Indeed, was to keep reaching out and staying connected and uh, trying to do something together in these weird times. Uh, Yeah, anything else you want to say about the future of improv? Because otherwise, I think we've we've talked about it pretty well here. Yeah, look, long live it. May it keep evolving. May it keep inspiring. And uh, and and may it find new forms that that I can't even imagine right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the uh, the end is always in the beginning, and that uh, improv will whatever where it began, with some people just uh, making stuff up for the people in the world, so that they could have theater of the moment for them by them. I think that'll live forever, and that that won't that won't ever change. Cheers to that, my friend. 
All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into this uh, conversation series. Uh, this is our final episode. Uh, if you'd like to find Jason more, you can find him. Uh, the Dictionary of Moments is the podcast he has, as well as uh, How About This? How About This? Uh, which is just three guys whinging about stuff. Uh, no, we do characters and, uh, and and a whole bunch of stuff. It's yeah. just a mishmash of whatever we're inspired to do on the day. We start with a random facts list uh, and uh, and it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, you never know who, you, who you'll hear on the podcast. Or what. Uh, yeah. um, or what, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so there's, uh, uh, there's where you can find Jason. Uh, as well as, uh, do you have a website as well that people can find you at? Uh, uh, yeah, you can uh, check out dictionaryofmoments.com. Uh, you'll find some stories published there as I update them uh, and also a link to the podcast uh, there as well. Uh, and if uh, you are interested in, in uh, hiring me for any corporate work, you can head over to sparkteamwork.com and uh, we can continue the discussion there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm Dave Morris at DaveMorris.tv and you can find uh, Paper Street Theatre at paperstreettheatre.ca uh, if you want to one day take an improv class if they're ever happening again. Uh and um, and uh, we are going to do one more episode, so don't unsubscribe from this feed yet, because uh, we are going to release a uh, a digital a, a virtual Zoom, right? Yes, that. yes. So this is uh, the form that uh, that uh, I spoke about in the format episode, where uh, it was inspired by Haruki Murakami and uh, some beautiful language, and and of all the forms that I do, I, I believe, I hope that it's going to translate to audio in a <laughs> we'll nice see. way. Uh, so it won't quite yeah, be the we'll same see. without an audience there, but it'll be something. Yeah, so uh, we're going to give it a go. So uh, yeah, stick around and uh, and and listen in for the Zoom. Let us know what you think of it. If you enjoy it, we can make it a regular thing. Maybe, 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 maybe. <laughs> Maybe he says yawning. I'm here at two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Dave's late, late at night it's over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, thanks everyone, and thanks Jason. Thank you so much. This has been uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, just talking to you so much. Uh, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to keep yeah. these talks going until quarantine. I think so too. Just to uh, just to enjoy each other's company, because uh, because uh, uh, I was very excited to have you here at my festival because because uh, I, I love what you do and I wanted to bring that to Victoria and mix that in with what I do. And see what comes of it. So, uh, so uh, next year, man, next I was year, so right? excited. Next year, one hundred percent. Next year, I've got you booked for the year. festival already. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. great. All right, all Love right, my man. man. Love you heaps, and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, we hope you got something positive out of this experience as well.